0: All right. So it's episode. uh, What is it? Four? Four. Of uh, Who Wants to Be a Happy Person?
1: to or be wait, alive it's the
0: second of June <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not me so second of June 2022 and Mr. Graham and I are in a rush because we have a comedy show what were what, what we doing
1: election show yeah are going to I was going to solve world hunger tonight
0: um, and
1: hopefully squeeze in a couple other things around that I was going to
0: squeeze a pizza into the election party before a comedy show and this is in response to having nothing to live for yesterday so um, I have to squeeze in his many uh, activities today. So, uh, yeah, what are we talking about? Um,
1: I feel like we had a lot to chew on, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah,
0: on the daddy stuff?
1: Yeah, we kind of, we went through daddy. I feel like uh, the spit trip on the weekend, we were talking about some stuff.
0: But I also want to, I, I want to, I don't know, do you want to talk about that stuff, or can I note something else for a
1: second? Let's go with the flow. What's on your um,
0: mind? So yeah, so the other day I was on a date from online dating, and um, and it went well, kind of, um, and uh, and then afterwards, I, like when I was parting with her and like biking home, I realized suddenly that um, I was no longer depressed at all, and, and like, uh, the prospect of going home was, instead of, like, feeling like a pit of suicidal ideation or something, it now suddenly felt like going home is a very appealing prospect to me, like, and, and I was really, like, what's... What was I worried about again? Like, what, what's the problem with being alone at home? Like, that's that sounds great. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. I can play my synthesizers, and um, I'll have the time of my life. Um, and then I realized, like, oh, like, I, I know what just happened. Or it was the switch of, like, romantic prospect in my life. Like, that's, uh, like, yeah, many times I've realized this, that, like, um when I have, like, prospective romance in my life, like it suddenly allows me to not uh, to not despair about life, like, by default. Um, and not dread alone time, and yeah, it, it like, makes everything okay, kind of. So there's some kind of extreme security blanket that prospective romance or romance if I'm in a relationship um gives me like and allows me to be happy in that way so that's like a really interesting psychological thing
1: what uh if you unpack that a little bit more like what's uh what is at the heart of like romantic um, partnership that allows for like either a sense of meaning or like things of being okay in life or life being worth living.
0: There's some kind of extreme like validation that happens with through that and like it legitimizes my life or something and it, it like completes me. It makes me feel like I'm like, this hole is filled and I and I don't have to I can relax, I don't have to be on the hunt, like I don't have to be searching desperately for this missing piece of, of me or of my life.
1: Um, do you feel illegitimate without that like you said it legitimizes you like without that do you feel like well
0: it's more like my my existence is legitimized like like why why am I here like and I like I just look to that like that well not not that this is is like a conscious process but like I think subconsciously it it uh, it serves this like um Justification of my life. That, like, I'm here because my life is good. I mean, just look at this, like, this really good relationship or, like, stuff like that.
1: You feel like you were put on this earth to be in a relationship?
0: Uh, it's not that. It's, it's that by default, I feel. I question my existence. Like, why... Why am I here if there's so much suffering? Like, what's the point of my life? Like, just to go through suffering? Like, what... Like, this is insane. Like, why am I... Why am I, for instance, working to survive? Like, why do I have a job to sustain my existence? Why am I suffering to sustain this existence? If the existence is largely suffering. Um... So, I have this like constantly when I'm single and when I have no romantic prospects, and then, or at least most of the time, um, and then when, when I have some kind of romantic uh, impetus, then it's like easy to answer that question why I'm alive. It's because I enjoy some of the time that I exist, basically. So
1: off place to, to do this <laughs> I'm, I, I can be a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to audio stuff so I'm like we should be in a closet with like padded walls like um, yeah but that there's the need to kind of like balance getting outside with doing something yeah creative. because
0: my uh, dastardly housemate yeah. has decided that,
1: to, uh, to play the sex yeah. yeah we need a recording studio or something
0: his uh, saxophone is a... His, uh... His,
1: sexy saxophone. Well, Problem I is, I don't know
0: where else we... This is,
1: like... I uh, think we're here for the long haul. Yeah, the long yeah. the best. Uh,
0: are you disturbed by just the truck or by other stuff? Like, the... Yeah. yeah.
1: Birds are a little loud. I mean, they're a nice ambience, but...
0: Um. Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know how loud it
0: would be on the record. Those breweries. I guess only one way to find
1: them. Yeah, I can definitely relate to experiencing life as suffering. Or the sense that, like, I need X, Y, and Z in order for life to not be suffering, so...
0: Yeah. So what is it for you? Is there, like, something that's really key to you that, like, flips a switch like that?
1: Flips a switch where I feel, like, everything's great? Suddenly
0: everything is well with the world.
1: Um... Yeah, I don't know how much I want to get into it in the podcast. Though. Just just when I'm like, when my life has momentum and I'm doing the things that I need to be doing for myself. Yeah, like when I'm not self sabotaging my life, I don't feel yeah. good. Uh, I start like things start clicking into place. I start doing things that are like healthy. I made my health like really important, mm-hmm. but it feels yeah. like I'm on this treadmill of that being this massive unattainable thing that I don't know how to how to work around.
0: Yeah. Um, is there uh, hmm. I we can obviously edit this out if, like, if you want to um, but like is there is there any degree to which uh, hmm. yeah how, how would you address this on the podcast um, self-destruction <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah you can call it that Yeah, if I have like three months of just like going to bed on time, uh making food for myself, going out being around other people, doing some form of physical activity. Yeah. Like it just sets me on a path that feels like okay, things are like manageable now. But I oftentimes feel like I'm living in chaos, like I'm just like running from one distraction to another. Yeah. My place ends up being messy and uh, there's just like not enough time I mean, procrastinating at work and like doing my self destructive routines. Yeah. Um, and like my, my life feels like it's just spinning its wheels kind of thing. So I get the sense that like if I had that kind of momentum going for a long period of time everything else would work itself out like I would get healthy I might find a partner maybe if you
0: had it for for
1: how much time? I don't know maybe it's, it's hard to say because I rarely am able to keep up with good routines But so you think it would become permanent? that's the goal at least is to like if I'm going to course correct in my life it, it's kind of like building small habits that all kind of add up to like some big change in my patterns of behavior
0: yeah but like um, but if it's hard to if it's hard to maintain that um, even in small increments like wouldn't it be like how could it be maintained in a forever increment
1: like, it like it, that's it what I want. involves kind of like taking shit seriously and not half-assing things not being crazy about it because I feel like I, I don't uh, I don't fully commit my, my ADHD thing has really sees me all over the place just like starting a lot of stuff but not really following through on it. yeah and I'd say that's that's the same approach that I end up falling into when it comes to like changing bad habits in my life
0: um, when you talk about this kind of stuff, you often make it sound like uh, it's up to you to change it, and um, in the way that I think of my life and yours, for that matter, like basically everyone's, is that it's it's all circumstantial, like it's about our surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to what extent do you actually yeah. think that, way? or like, yeah, what, what
1: do you? Think? Uh, I think it's a mixture of both. Like, I have to, I think, retain a certain degree of um, self-determination in my worldview. Like, I, I, have, I have power to change certain things in my life and other things I don't have the power to change. Parsing the difference between the two seems to be a big part of what my journey involves at least. Like, figuring out, okay, what can I change about my patterns of thought the things I do on a regular basis um, that kind of stuff and then like what is outside of my control and mm-hmm. then how do I accept that
0: do you think it's more a matter of what
1: you do or like or more a matter of a little bit of both yeah I don't know I think a lot of it comes down to what I do but like I also have to recognize this like I I am but a small fleck of consciousness and grand scheme of things that I'm like Yeah. I don't have the power to snap my fingers and restructure society or to like turn it from daytime to nighttime right now or anything like that. Like I Yeah. I can do some things but I can't do everything.
0: But aren't your conscious decisions a product of your surrender?
1: Yeah, I mean like it's it's food. It's both I am I influence my surroundings and my surroundings influence me.
0: I think it's all of the surroundings. In a way. That we're not making decisions. Like, we're just products of everything that comes before us.
1: Have you tried making a decision to change something? Uh,
0: inevitably, or inherently, you're always making. Like, you're always thinking of it as if you're making decisions. But I'm saying that when I make decisions, it's not really me making it. It's like. Yeah. They were made by my pastor, like, and by my
1: Yeah, I mean, my outlook on that is, is not that different from what I've learned from people like Sam Harris or Robert Sapolsky, like the idea of free will, it's kind of like what, it, free from what, essentially. Um, I'm part of a great big system, but that, that comes down to like, if you believe that, ultimately you don't believe that you exist either, like there's no self involved
0: yeah, exactly. in that process yeah. so,
1: like, but you you obviously conceptualize your yourself as an ego It's necessary to perform like basic everyday tasks like you have a conception of a self I'm assuming well it's
0: useful to think of it that way so I think of mm-hmm. it um, and the same as like time being linear and, like, all that stuff
1: I feel like those, those kind of like grand scale overarching philosophical conceits, I, I can like conceptualize of them, but they don't have much bearing in my day to day behavior. Cause like it's not like I stop and be like, well actually I shouldn't like try and go to the gym this week cause I, I'm not really a person and
0: all the decisions <laughs> that I
1: <laughs> done in the past aren't actually decisions, and I'm just like I'm a, a free floating speck of of jetsam in the, the universe that has absolutely no self will or determination. So I I'm not gonna like yeah. try and improve myself or my life in any way or something.
0: I'm gonna stop doing online dating and just jump into the sewer grate. <laughs> Um because. I'll always exist in my past, so I won't be bothering my uh, loved ones by being dead, because I still exist in the past. Yeah, that would be crazy. Even if it's true.
1: (laughs) That's pretty heady and uh, conceptual, but not necessarily very practical.
0: Yeah. Um... So yeah, so your version of having prospective romance is uh, having sustained, healthful habits, you know. You know,
1: yeah, sort of. I mean, that's what gives me hope. Is like when those things start happening, and Mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, this is at least like ground zero. This is like soil for good shit to grow from. Yeah. Because like, if I don't have those things, then like everything else that I want in life is yeah. it doesn't even have no. a fighting chance so yeah um, but yeah I mean like there's most of the things I want or even something like perspective romance I recognize as being kind of its own drug and I can like chase that and be like okay this is the thing that's going to like light up my neurochemistry um, but I'm, I, I do feel like I'm looking for something on a, a spiritual level of like, it's gonna give life some sort of framework that makes it tenable. And I know that it can't be like having a mansion or having a fast car or having <laughs> having a like it's not it doesn't come from that realm. Yeah.
0: So, what realm does it come from? That's a good question. <laughs> so, it's spiritual. Is that what you said?
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. That gets, there's a lot of cliches that get thrown around when you start talking about stuff like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting to try to we what is it like hack through the overgrowth of like um, cliches, and shit. Try to
1: the from mold the, the lawn, or whatever. To,
0: yeah, to like to find the I don't know, the legitimate spiritual wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. To aspire to.
1: I see some graphs. They're like Venn diagrams, but like I think it was like a three three portion Venn diagram that had like I can't remember. It was like a Japanese re- recipe for happiness or something like that. But it was like all the areas of of your life that you need in order to kind of have that sense of uh, purpose or meaning or whatever. And it was like connectedness. Mastery. I can't remember I'm probably butchering it now but it was like those sort of things like you have to have something that you've dedicated yourself towards that you're pursuing you have to have human connection and relatedness to others yeah. and you have to have like one other thing I was like yeah that makes sense and like, I can see like where I'm walking in all all of these areas yeah um, should have done my research and had that pulled up ahead of time
0: uh Are we ever gonna research for this podcast?
1: I don't know. We're doing this pretty ad hoc at this I point. Think that's too too yeah. much to use. We're uh um, Yeah, we're not doing this in the studio with our assistant by our side to like pull up shit on the computer. Like, to a like, fun like, surprise. Yeah, we're not uh recording the studio. Yeah. <laughs> If we, we haven't guessed by now. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> not filmed in front of a live studio audience. As we
0: listen to the millionth holocaust. Yeah. What the fuck? Is there an, a yeah. war going on? <laughs> Yeah, so yesterday I had a horrible day. I was, like, depressed, out of my mind.
1: Was it the day before yeah. that the rejection shit had happened?
0: Yeah. And um, so, like,
1: yesterday you were stewing in it?
0: Well, the day before the said woman that I went on date with had not responded to my text from after the date um and then yesterday uh she unmatched me from the online dating application that we we matched on after the date bizarre uh which we had also matched on way before the date but like but then um, yeah i don't know some of um so then, anyways, so, so yesterday is when it was, like, made concrete and final to me because she just, what's it called, unmatched, um, like, in the afternoon, and then, yeah, and I was, like, destroyed by that, um, because it felt like it's going to be forever. Like, it's gonna, my, the rest of my life is going to be a search for that. It's fucking excruciating. Um, it had taken seven dates that I went on. Like, I went on dates with seven people until this person. Um, and I hadn't really liked any of them until this person. So it was really special in that sense. Um, it was like the first of the seven dates recently that. Um, yeah, that I, that I left feeling. I don't know. Any kind of hope for this is
1: about 10, 10, So uh, yeah. Was it her general kind of like alt girl demeanor? Like I know in online dating it can be tough to kind of find people who have our uh, outsider sensibilities, I suppose. Yeah. Which sounds pretentious as fuck, I know, but like
0: For lack of a Yeah. Okay.
1: There, there's like a sea of normies to wade through, let's put it that way. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because I'm so alternative.
1: Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean. Was that, like, part of the appeal? The fact that, like, she she kind of gave off...
0: Yeah, she was decidedly,
1: like... Stylish. Of a in different them? world. Kind, yeah, she's a Montreal girl, let's put it that way. Uh,
0: well, I would say more a Torontonian yeah. girl,
1: but, um, Her aesthetic was... Uh,
0: yeah, because I... I I have to traffic in the Montreal versus Toronto okay. uh, competition.
1: So. I, I'm like Toronto. So to the any bone. positive characteristics have to be a true... I love Toronto. Toronto. Say say what you will about it, but I yeah. also know that Montreal is is a city for like artists to live in cheap habitation, and it's like that's been the place for hipsters to go. It's like hipster mecca in Canada, as far <laughs> as I, I know. <laughs> Toronto's great. I love it, and it's we've got our own scene. But I know that Montreal was a magnet for art school kids throughout the 2010s at least Uh,
0: yeah well no comment (laughs) so yeah she was like very alternative and artsy uh, of of a non whatever normie world Um, and yeah I loved how she dressed and like um, in the interests that we like related on synthesizers and technical stuff it was all the predictable
1: cultural like um, stuff in common I guess so there's actually a World Economic Forum conference that's being held in Toronto it's just billionaires being shuttled in one after (laughs) another it's just like
0: they're sabotaging our podcast
1: I think so yeah
0: I guess we're too threatening to the status quo as per usual, what were we talking?
1: This girl.
0: Oh uh, uh, yeah, so I was wandering the streets in search of meaning yesterday, like going from coffee shop to. Uh,
1: I picture you in like a fugue state, just like yeah. you've forgotten your name, you just.
0: Yeah, I was like a zombie, or something, um, and like haunting the like the hit parts of the city. Like first, I went to Dundas and Osington. I parked my oh, wow. bike, and then I was. Uh, shuffling around like looking for <laughs> people that I recognize or something hoping that someone will yell out my name or uh, well, at least have some company um, and then um, and then to no avail like so so I went to Kensington my usual place that, uh, like I, I wanted to try a different place than usual um, first to see if like going somewhere else would have more success but yeah nothing nothing seemed like it would lead to anything there so I went back to Kensington which is my usual place to hang out um and to Paminar, the coffee place uh which is incredibly depressing to me in one sense because it's where my ex-girlfriend and I had our first date and um and that was the best date of my life. And it took 48 yeah, people along with whom I dated to get to that point. And, and, that, and that was my last relationship. And it was uh, amazing in many ways. And I miss her enormously. And yeah, so the place has like a lot of uh, um, sentimental and depressing connotations for me but it, but it's also very convenient in terms of the structure of it like the patio is really nice and stuff yeah. so I feel comfortable there in other ways so I, I keep resorting to this place and it's like killing me because I end up so fucking sad in the end like by the end of my time there I, I felt like I was about to erupt in tears at any second like I almost t- when this song came on that reminded me of it and then and then I left this place uh before a band was about to start playing, because I didn't want to be there alone listening to a band uh, that, that felt even more depressing to me. So then I biked to uh, Christy Pitts, uh, and I sat on a bench, tried swiping around a little bit, and then you called, and, all right wait, you texted or something? Yeah. That was my, that was my day.
1: Sounds kind of bittersweet. Like you really enjoy going to P M N R, but you also get wrecked by it. So
0: I, d- I enjoy the symbol of potential, I guess that it represents in a way to me. Um, because of the kind of people that hang out there, the hip kind of types that I am attracted to. Um, so being around the kind of women I'm attracted to, know, it gives me a sense of potential, but but, of course, it never leads anywhere, too, so, like, it's, it's also incredibly upsetting to leave without anything happening every time, as well, so, yeah, so it's a two-sided shit um, show. Do you have any uh, shitty life circumstances you want to talk about?
1: I got plenty. I don't know how much I want to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, lies the truth. Yeah,
1: um, I feel like so much of my despair revolves around just feeling like I don't have enough money and like if I just had $20,000 I could like <laughs> embark on like a few like that's, that's my circular thought pattern is like somebody just give me $20,000 and then I can like okay I'll start getting these like um, intravenous vitamin injections that like will help me with the fact that I've got these digestive but issues vitamins? it's like a, a fucking neurotic treadmill that I'm, <laughs> I'm on non-stop of, of like health shit yeah. yeah what
0: is it about vitamins that
1: I, I'm like brain fog all the time and shit I have these digestive issues so I'm pretty sure that my, my stomach is not absorbing nutrients to the extent that I would be if I didn't have like Whatever the fuck is going on in my stomach.
0: I have that because of Crohn's.
1: Like Crohn's. Do you have have absorption issues?
0: Well, I don't know for sure, but like Crohn's is supposed to do that, apparently. Like, and plus, like I I got like a bowel resection uh, because of Crohn's. Like, Mm -hmm. so so I don't have as much intestine to absorb shit from.
1: Yeah, mostly the fantasy involves like going on some very highly specialized. restrictive diet that would help solve some of my stomach issues um and then just like doing some really good shit for myself to feel healthy again maybe get in a bit better shape yeah Um, sleep properly because i feel tired all the time and like i can't remember shit so
0: yeah
1: but i feel like all of those things require like this like jump start of of energy and investment that I don't have I'm like oh if I just like if I wasn't constantly just like paying off a credit card bill or paying rent or paying whatever like I, I just feel like I'm getting by and that's not entirely true because like I'm making enough that if I was serious about saving I could put away a little bit of money here and there and I've tried to but um, it mostly doesn't feel like enough I feel like I could like double my income and like spend it all on problem
0: So, what would you spend this money on? Vitamins? Uh,
1: Yeah, supplements. uh, Food, first of all. Because, like, food is so fucking expensive. But I can, like, eat normal food. Or I could, you know, try and be super healthy about what i mean? What do you
0: eat instead of what you want to eat? I
1: I eat out a lot. So, that's been where a lot of my money goes to. Now, I'm trying to do a bit more shopping and cooking for myself. But I'd probably get, like meat from a local organic farm or something like that Um, try to have a lot more juices and smoothies and stuff like that yeah just like typical healthy shit so expensive it's not getting any cheaper like the cost of living is just continuously going up inflation price of gas etc etc
0: I think of money as making me more depressed or at least significantly more money I would be more
1: depressed what about having more money would make you more depressed
0: uh, because I would be, I would realize that it doesn't give me happiness. So there would be more contrast with like my means and my mood. Like I would have all this stuff that suggests I should be happy, and I would notice that I'm not. happy
1: Do you want your romantic pursuits to be kind of like pure and untainted by the uh, superficial and material realm of things, like? Obviously, if you were a millionaire or something, you could present yourself, like, the tender swindler or something, and you could have, like, women falling all over themselves to get at to you, but it would probably be for a very shallow reason. Yeah. So, like, that that's not of an interest to you, I'm um, Yeah, To, no, so, like, be able to wield that sort of influence where you can, like, you can attract women, but it's like you're attracting that shallow side of women that is materialistic or like attracted to the provider type archetype of uh, yeah maleness or whatever
0: yeah it it wouldn't feel uh, I don't I don't think it would I don't know satisfy me like to attract someone when it's not on my terms kind of like when it's like when I have to change myself so there's like a stubborn kind of Stance that I have Despite my Desperate Search for romance That I don't want to Yeah Alter myself significantly uh, It feels like Manipulating people Into liking Me But it's not even me It's like someone else Mm. It's like Like the whole point to me Is like Feeling like I guess it's like This ego Or like Organs thing Or something Where Like I feel indignation that someone like me isn't appreciated in this world. And I, and I want to know that someone like me can be appreciated. So when someone likes me, it, it gives me this... Uh, pleasure from the idea that, yeah, they, they like me. So then if I'm changing myself to be liked, then it's like, I'm not... Uh, Yeah, I'm not getting that. Like, that satisfied.
1: I definitely feel like I'm not entirely myself, or not the version of myself that I would like to be. So, like, I'm very much open to changing myself around certain areas, not like core tenets of my, my personality or anything like that, but. Probably just like small stuff, or I would like to, I would like to improve myself. I'd like to have less of my character defects and more of just like the good shit about me that I like.
0: Yeah,
1: but like I, you know, I I couldn't fault a girl for like wanting to date a guy who's like ambitious in a career path or like has a nice house or something like that because like I don't know. I would there there's certain like judgment calls that I make about a partner too. Like if a girl is um like she doesn't ever shit together or something like that. I am thirty seven, I'm like I'm looking for an adult to partner with, so there are like certain things that I'd be looking for in her that would be signifiers of that too.
0: Yeah. I could definitely fault someone
1: fault someone for what?
0: For preferring the guy who who has a more spectacular what's the word for that like job
1: like, more but like don't you have a very strict set of stipulations for what you're looking for in a partner yeah of course but they're not so
0: about, a they're standard? not capitalism based like huh. standard.
1: like wanting um, wanting a partner who's like I don't know I don't necessarily equate the two with being like holy capitalist or, or super materialistic so much as it's like it's a a marker of like drive or personality or or maturity or something like that yeah but I would
0: want someone who's repulsed by like careerist kind of personalities Um, and like someone owning a house sort of
1: I feel like so many of the girls out there like when I look on Tinder are like want that eventually like it's just there's something attractive with somebody who's been able to, like, amass power or security in their life or something like that. It's worth
0: it. Yeah. I oh, want someone who's always on the edge of, like, uh, oblivion or something.
1: What would, like, she do for a living or what would her, like, <laughs> ambitions be? My ideal... Yeah. Yeah, if we are talking about...
0: I don't know, I guess some kind of artsy shit that like or I guess like some kind of activism ish thing. Or I guess like an academic thing or like a
1: government. Like thing. a PhD student or uh, uh, Or like teaching academia. Yeah. Or like uh yeah, stuff in
0: that What? See, yeah. Um but something that isn't like any level of
1: yuppie. Like, what if they were like uh, they taught at OCAT or something like that, but they made 120K a year and they were like, well off.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't that.
1: What about that, wouldn't you like?
0: That they make that much money. I feel like no one should make that money. Except maybe a gender or something Not a professor.
1: So, like, that would disqualify them on those grounds? alone but even if they were they're like they're comfortable
0: else. yeah I don't want someone
1: so you're looking for somebody who's making like money. less than $60,000 a year ideally uh,
0: well I guess it's obviously like hugely relative to my to what's normal to me but like to me uh, I think I make 50 something so like so to me like more than this is too much okay.
1: and would that be a uh, uh, deal breaker? you went on a great date with somebody and at the end they revealed that they. Be- I think
0: it almost would be. like I don't know if it would, it probably wouldn't actually like because I'm way too desperate for it so like if I found someone who I was attracted to completely in every other way like, I can't imagine I would actually reject him but I, I feel like it would weirdly be quite the issue like that would bother me like I don't know if it's like an aesthetic thing or whatever, but, yeah it's just the connotations of how absurdly comfortable there! And, and the kind of life that, I, I guess it, uh, that's the other thing, like, the kind of life that it's, that it leads to, or that it would, it would be.
1: Did you have, like, a relatively middle class upbringing?
0: Middle class? Yeah.
1: So, like, what degree, or how many vehicles did your family have? I think it was two. You go on vacations
0: give or take we would go to Dominican republic when my grandmother lived there several times but like i'm not sure how often but that was basically it we didn't really go often to anywhere else like it was there was one halifax road trip thing or something but yeah it's strange like i I don't even think it was a monetary situation it was just like for some weird reason And my mother loves traveling, is the other weird thing, so...
1: Traveling by yourself versus traveling with your family of, like, children is very different.
0: Yeah, but my mother also loves, uh, like, getting the kids into cultural stuff, like, as much as possible. Like, that was always uh, an argument between my mother and stepfather, like, uh, like, he would... He wouldn't want the kids to go into the fancy restaurant and she insisted that they do because they should be cultured or something. Um, So, yeah, so in in that way, I feel like she would want us to travel. So I'm not really sure what was going on.
1: So, like, you you grew up with a certain level of middle-class privilege, but that's, like, not the bar you you hold yourself to anymore, which is different than me because, like, I definitely feel like I grew up comfortable... And I'm very uncomfortable now, because I... you so very uncomfortable? Yeah, like, I have the toilet. So, yeah. What's uncomfortable? I don't have a dishwasher. Um, I can never go anywhere or do anything, because I don't have any money. Hmm. Like, I'm always worrying about money. And I still I, don't
0: get what happens to your money. Uh, I don't know. Given your rent, or...
1: Yeah, I pay, like, 900 months for rent. I and, feel like it's, like, so much of it would just go to food and, like, bullshit... It's like I I went on a spending spree before Christmas, where I just bought a bunch of stuff. Yeah, bought like books and like a massage gun and like different stuff. (laughs) Just like massage gun. Yeah. Was that one of the? And I make less than fifty k. I didn't realize that at the time. Like I make like forty eight k a year. So.
0: And I thought your rent was 700 so I guess that's part of my...
1: Yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> it used to be 780 at Neil Isaac then I moved, and now it's like, it's around the same as that, but I have to pay this $100 maintenance surcharge every month, so it's closer to like $890. Yes. Then I have therapy, which is 100 bucks a session, so like, at least 200 bucks a month for therapy. Yes. Uh, just other bills internet, hydro, that shit, it adds up, and then if if you're eating out, like, if I never bought food for myself and brought it home, eating out all the time is so much money. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there was a real sense of kind of, like, having grown up a little prince and, like, been downgraded to a point where I feel like I'm, like, always striving to just get to a level of, like, being comfortable with my class And my my finances in general, yeah, to the point where I like I don't feel like like I'm having to like downgrade my quality of life. Like I would love to just be able to like I don't know rent a car and just go to fucking Guelph and go hiking or some shit like when I want whenever I want to. But like that's so far outside of the realm of possibility because finances just don't allow for it.
0: Yeah. I think of our lives as luxuries. Uh,
1: I mean, they really are. If we're being honest, <laughs> like we, there's a lot to compare out there. Like this is this is first world problems one on one. So,
0: but but yeah, it's interesting that we conceptualize them or like we feel them in different ways, mm-hmm. regardless of what they actually are relative. to. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just compare it to this, this like blissful naivety of growing up and like never having to worry, just being like, oh, I can do whatever I want, I can go wherever I want, like life is great. To, to all of a sudden being like, shit, I'm trapped in this like hell circuit of waking up, selling my labor to be able to survive and do nothing else, like just like yes. constantly, just to keep my head above water, like on a fucking treadmill. Yeah. This hamster wheel of of just like feeding myself and I don't know.
0: I grew up in like a pretty big house. Like it was bigger than my most of my friends, I think. Houses.
1: When was it built? Like what what are we talking here?
0: Like we moved there in 93 or something. I think. I think it was built around then. And I guess like my. Like, the way I've lived since that house has been absurdly downsized, like, microscopic compared to that way of life. Like, like in an objective way, but, like, I don't experience it that way, like, because of my political and ethical stances that I've derived or like that I've developed since like for instance living in like a microscopic like basement apartment with joel and zi like with, with two housemates where we all slept in one bedroom that had no windows and we had to duck because the ceiling was so low like it felt like like finally i'm like i don't know in real life or something like that there's some kind of like authenticity to it and then i lived in like a tiny ass apartment with Joel where we shared just one box kind of like in our beds and everything were in one little space um, so we had no privacy or anything and and we lived there for like six years or something so, like that I was always happy to know, to change my standards in that way Like I liked the idea of like This is what the standard should be because it's so selfish to have a giant house where that much energy is being spread around to so many rooms and, like, so much excess shit everywhere. Like Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess it was just my principles, like, furnished my comfort instead of the house or something. Yeah, I was
1: never Um, that, like, um, morally driven, I, I don't suppose. Like, I do... Understand that on a level But at the same time It just feels too idealistic to Oh yeah but like Living in a big house Feels nice So I'd rather do that um, Which is probably My innate hedonism Or something like that Where I'm like I'm able to Hold ideals about like I don't know I never felt like Like living in a big house Versus a small house Was like one was better Or versus the other I always judged it On my own level of comfort So it was like I went from having five or six roommates in Neil Wysig to having one roommate after a couple of years in a two, like a two bedroom apartment. But the marker of like maturity for me was always like, oh, well, like I'm an adult when I don't have roommates anymore because like students have roommates, so I'll live by myself. But the downside to that was like, then when you live by yourself, you're alone. So there was this like really, I think, capitalist motivated belief system that I had about you know graduating to the place where I'm finally don't have to like put up with someone else's like not doing the dishes or whatever like I have complete domain over my space and it's like my home and other people will view me as like having oh you have your own place kind of thing like you've you've reached it all the, but then I had to suffer through like six years of just being by myself all the time (laughs) <laughs> I'm like okay, well, that's like great achievement, like way to go kind of thing yeah
0: that's exactly how I feel about that because like i'm I'm way too much of an extrovert to be to to live alone basically like i I don't want to live alone ever.
1: would you have your own place with a partner?
0: Well, I did that before in my really long relationship uh in the past and and that went to hell, so it, I'm like kind of know, traumatized and almost like. By how that went, in the sense that it felt so like we were trapped in that situation because we lived together, so it's like so hard to break up. Yeah. So it makes me not want to live in that way, but I don't know, I probably would. Yeah, it's like a micro
1: divorce or something like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. It made the prospect of breaking up like um, monumental, insurmountable. Um. Uh. Oh uh, yeah, so so yeah, I'm too much of an extrovert to live alone or to want to live alone. Um, so yeah, I see it more as like a curse, like a, as like a unfortunate like, a, like yeah, life circumstance to be living alone.
1: I think I think so much of it after I broke up with my girlfriend because we we had our own place together. We only lived together for maybe two and a half years, two years, at uh, max, before we broke up. Yeah. Um, but I remember being really excited, because I'm like, oh, I've got my own place to myself. Like, I can... I think I, I viewed it as a bachelor pad. I'm like, oh, I can bring girls back here. This is great. Like, they'll be impressed. Like, oh, you've got your own place. Like, that. this was big. some big, like, status signifier or marker for me in my head that is like, okay, how many people can say they have their own apartment in Toronto? It's like, it's, yeah. not, it's not common... Um, at least for people within my friend circle so I was like okay this will be the place that I can bring girls back to and then then I realized that like I don't like myself and I don't have the skills to do that (laughs) so it never became the bachelor pad it was always just like um, it was just the shame cave it it was in the imagination going to be the bachelor pad and then the reality became the shame cave so
0: from bachelor pad to shame
1: cave yeah the lost Um, years
0: (laughs) this is a fun topic i want to talk more about uh, like i guess yeah like architectural like implications on our happiness um, but i guess i guess we have to go meet uh, for the election party so in yeah. the next
1: episode we'll watch Ford win this fucking yeah now we have to we'll watch misery. the apocalypse
0: yeah.
1: um, cool
0: alright uh, happy uh, Ontario election
1: indeed to, hope, to hope you listeners. enjoyed the uh, soundtrack and the ambience to this mm-hmm.
0: the ambience of what is this uh, St. Saint Mary St. Saint Michael's St. College? Brenner in college or something. Sure. This courtyard at U of T. All right. Thank you for listening.